Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. This is the transfiguration. Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with them. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from a cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. It's the word of God for us this morning. And today we're going to consider the relationship between God's manifestation and our mission. Often enough, it seems that when God is manifest, someone is entrusted with a mission. And often that manifestation occurs when someone is in the midst of a crisis. The divine manifestation comes to someone who seems an unlikely choice to be entrusted with a mission. Consider an example from the Old Testament, namely Moses. He's a native of Egypt. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace. He is nonetheless of Hebrew stock, and when he sees an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew, he kills the Egyptian and buries the body in the sand. The murder becomes public knowledge, and Moses flees for his life. He makes a new life for himself in the desert. He marries, settles down, works for his father-in-law as a shepherd. Yet this is existence in exile far from home. It seems like the other end of the world from Egypt's regal splendor. But he is not so far away that God cannot find him. The divine voice calls out to him from a mysterious burning bush. This God of his ancestors goes on to do more than reveal himself to Moses. There is not just God's manifestation Moses is entrusted with a mission. He is to go and do something, liberate the people from their slavery. That's just one example. Another one from the Old Testament would be Elijah. He's a marked man. He's a prophet. He's a marked man. His opposition to idolatry and injustice in the midst of spiritual and social confusion has placed him among a persecuted minority. Indeed, it seems to him that he is alone, totally alone, utterly alone, in standing up for the name of the Lord. And so Elijah, he's a fugitive. He seeks refuge 
in a cave. And he spends the night there. And in that deep darkness of the place, the Lord calls out to him and speaks to him in sheer silence. God does more than make himself known to his prophet. God does more than console his servant. Elijah does not simply witness a manifestation. He is entrusted with a mission. He is to go and do something, designate new leadership who will restore authentic religion and true justice. He is to initiate a new and unexpected beginning. And there's more in the Old Testament, but let's turn and focus now to the New Testament. One that concerns the disciples of Jesus, in particular his inner circle of Peter, James, and John. These followers are experiencing confusion, turmoil. Peter has identified Jesus as the Messiah, yet Jesus has made it clear that he's a different sort of Messiah than anyone imagined. Rather than the triumphant, sacred king they were hoping for, Jesus asserts that he is a Messiah destined to suffer. He tells his disciples what awaits him is rejection, execution, and resurrection. They find this very hard to swallow. It's only a few days later that something happens that will never happen before. Jesus and his inner circle are on a mountaintop alone. And there he is transfigured and radiates an unearthly light. Leaders from Israel's ancient past appear with him, Moses and Elijah. A cloud overshadows the entire scene, and from the cloud a voice thunders, identifying Jesus as the Son of the Most High. The one the disciples should hear and heed. Suddenly Moses and Elijah are gone, leaving Jesus alone with his disciples. There is wondrous manifestation here. The glory of Jesus bursts forth as never before. This is the greatest confirmation of Christ's deity yet. Jesus reveals himself as he truly is, the Son of God. As a divine glory radiated from his face, it illuminated his garments, which became as white as light. But what's the point of this particular manifestation? Well, for one thing, this experience was a foretaste of the day in which Jesus will remain or return in the glory of his Father and his angels. But what about for the disciples? What was the point for them? And what about for us? First, the command from heaven to listen to Jesus. The mission is announced in another way once everyone has left the mountain. Jesus then charges his disciples to keep what they witnessed a secret until he has risen from the dead. See, this remarkable event can only be understood in the context of an event even more remarkable. That, of course, is the empty tomb and the resurrection, resurrected Lord. Then disciples will be let loose to tell the world. Listen to him is the command from God. 
He was saying, in effect, if my son tells you he must go to Jerusalem to suffer and die, then believe him. If he tells you he will be raised up on the third day, believe him. If he tells you to take up your own cross and follow him, then that is what you are to do. If he says he will come again in glory, then believe him and live accordingly. They are to go and do something. Listen to Jesus and then proclaim the full truth of Jesus. And they are to do this not as they choose, but when God would have them do so, when the time is right. What happened to Moses, to Elijah, and to Peter, James, and John happens to us as well. And I'm not talking about the burning bush or the sound of sheer silence or a mountaintop transfiguration. What I mean is the pattern which is apparent in all these incidents. We find ourselves in trouble, anxiety, confusion, and in the midst of that unwanted experience, God is manifest in some new, fresh, and unexpected way. But what happens is something more than manifestation. There is also mission. We are told to go and do something, not just anything, nor simply what we want, but what God would have us do to serve his great purpose. There on the Mount of Transfiguration, overcome with amazement, Peter is ready to build three shelters for Jesus, for Moses, and for Elijah in order to commemorate this extraordinary event. His plan comes to nothing, and that is just as well. For here, too, is part of the pattern that can mark our lives. No doubt Peter wanted to build the tabernacles because he wanted to stay in that mountaintop experience. However, that was not God's plan. In fact, while Peter was still talking, God interrupted him. Peter wanted to memorialize the occasion, but that was not God's plan. Notice that Jesus tells his disciples not to mention the transfiguration, until after he is risen. And we've mentioned this reason before. The Christ that most Jews were expecting was not the Christ who had come. Instead of coming to conquer, he had come to die. Instead of coming to coming in divine glory, he came in humble meekness. Instead of coming to deliver the Jews from political bondage, he came to deliver from signs, bondage, all men, would trust him. For the people have learned then about the experience on the mountaintop and would have only incited them to try, as they did on other occasions, to make Jesus into a king of their own kind to fulfill their immediate selfish and worldly expectations. But when they would hear the story after Jesus had risen from the dead, it would be clear that he had not come to conquer the Romans, but to conquer death. When we encounter God's glory, when the Lord is specially manifest to us, perhaps during times of trouble, anxiety, or confusion, we cannot be content with raising memorial shelters, with building a museum, with placing the occasion in the scrapbook of our minds, we are invited to something far larger than this. God entrusts us with a mission. Our response can be to go and do something, not just anything, 
not simply what we want, but what God would have us do when God would have us do it. May we generously accept the part offered to us in the building of a new world, for this is what God is about. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. It is now indeed time to proclaim that Jesus saves us from our sins. That is our mission today. Do what God wants you to do. Be what God wants you to be. Go where God wants you to go. And that's our closing hymn, is Trust and Obey. That's it. Trust and Obey. Let us close with a prayer this morning. Lord, help us carry out your will for our lives. Let us be willing and submissive servants to you so that you may be honored and glorified through us. We realize life will not always be those mountaintop experiences. Help us to draw on your power to get through those difficult times in our lives so that your mission will be done. Amen.